Southeastern Zone, 90.9 FM KSLU. This is the Experience Points Radio Show. I'm MG. Good Lord, do we get paid by the decibels? Yes. Guy. Well, I'm going to level all this out. I'm going to use, I'm going to post. It's the magic of technology. We opened the whole thing up with brand new stuff from Ronald Jinky. an oldie but a goodie. It's Sky Tide. He came up with this February 25th of 2019, so it's about a month old now. What's going on, everyone? It's the 27th of March, and uh, we we are just fresh out of GDC. Yeah. Uh, which is going to be pretty much the episode because we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. Um, before we do that, we have a website, exppoints.com. Remember, always double tap that P. We also have social media at exppoints.com slash social. You can check us out, like, subscribe to all that stuff. We have uh, a lot of our audio and news and reviews and everything are posted to the site. So we'd really appreciate your viewership and your listenership and your subscription, subscribership. Whatever that is. Anyway, yeah. uh, we we missed the last two episodes, the last two weeks worth of episodes. It was yeah, music only. You uh, and uh, I don't want to put blame on anybody. Oh no, it's all me. Yeah. It's all me. It's all um, Matt. Write your hate letters to the, at Matt at, at <laughs> Matt at, at exppoints.com. It's at, mg at, mg at, at exppoints.com. Oh, excuse me. You know you have Dustin. You have Dustin at exppoints.com. That's a valid email for you. Is it? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, okay, yeah. Cool. You're going to have to text that to me because I'm not going to remember It's that. your name at the site that we host everything at. Right. It's just, okay, Gorlami. Sorry, we were watching that scene right before the show started. We love that scene. What was that? It was from uh, Glorious Bastards. Bastards. Yeah, I thought it was like Hateful Eight. I was like, no, that was the other Tarantino movie. That was movie. the other one, yeah. Um, we have got a lot to, to cut through this episode, so we're going to get right to it <laughs> no after. No pun intended. So, with Sekiro. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Chris. Yeah, there we go. Um, I'm going to hope that I'm going to bump that up in post. Be like, um, also for everybody, uh, the Twitch stream right now, we kind of have to. That's also my fault. <laughs> I, I was going to say that, but it's on a little bit of a hiatus right now. Uh, have been people asking about Rad. Oh, gosh, really? They're fascinated by how. Oh, bad my gosh. I um, love it. I would love to continue doing that. Absolutely. Yeah. And all the episodes that we've done and all the streams that we've done for that, uh, they're all online. Awesome. Uh, everything is so we online. are fully caught up with that. We are fully caught okay, up with good. everything that we've ever done is online as of right now. Awesome, great. You hear so. you hear us I think we sing in a few of them. Yes. That seems to be like our hallmark is that we just sing. Yeah. Like that's our MO. All right, so can we – what do you want to uh, talk about let's, first? Let, okay, let's, let's break into let's, two songs, uh, yes. History uh, Repeating Part 1 and Part 2 by the Megas. We'll come back. We're going to talk about uh, uh, Sekiro and then um, a little bit of GDC. But yes. GDC is kind of long, so uh, we might do maybe what we've done in the past, what we did the last two weeks. Right. You can give like an elevator pitch for Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Right. Um, I'm going to talk about something I've been doing, and then we're going to go into GDC. So okay. History Repeating Part 1 and Part 2 by the Megas. I'm MG. I'm Dustin. You're hearing us on Southeastern Zone, 90.9 FM. KSLU. Hey, we're back on Southeastern Zone, 90.9 FM KSL. You still the Experience Points Radio Show. I'm still MG. I'm still Dustin. You just heard history repeat, uh, repeating part one and part two by the Megas. It's like a, a two-part mega yeah, song. A two for two for It's like yeah. a jam song. Uh, so you were going to start by talking about your recent endeavor in, uh, did you beat it? Did you finally I beat it? Beat you it. finally did beat it. I know we I talked yesterday it. and you're like, I'm almost done. I um, Let's see here. I, uh, I wanted to beat it over the weekend. I couldn't do it. I was a little disappointed in mm-hmm. myself. Um, Aw. I, I don't know how long it's taken me to beat each of the from software games. Mm-hmm. Like Bloodborne, Dark Souls. The only one I haven't played, by the way, that they've made was has been Demon Souls. I mean, I played it, but you that was back before. I was like, "What's this? This this is game broken." Solid Bef- challenge. Before I, I realized how these games. <laughs> yeah, operate. that's how it is. Um, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Uh, 
I did a little bit of research in this game. This game did not start as a Dark Souls kind of game, and it still isn't. And I'll explain what I mean. I, lo- just I love how that's like a genre of games now, yeah, which is totally is. Bit. But um, but there's some things that gave me a little bit of hiccup. Um, in it started as a sequel to Tenchu, the Shadow Assassin. What series. really? Yes, that's an early development of Sekiro. It started as that, and as uh, did they have developer commentary? Or you just did research. I need reason. Okay, reason. Okay. And the developer of the Dark Souls series, Hideo Miyazaki, I want to say his name is, mm-hmm. um, he kind of took charge of the project. And as they kind of started expanding upon ideas and everything like that, it started being less of Tenchu and more its own game. Okay. Um, and that's where I think the little bit of the Bloodborne Dark Souls flavor kind of comes into it. Um, yeah, because I couldn't see that working with Tenchu. Like, right. Because Tenchu is more like, almost like a hack and slash, like not even a tactical ninja game. It, it's, I played them, and the PS2 version's great. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the It's a very much a stealth see, kind of I just re- I remember uh, I remember the PlayStation 1 game more than the PlayStation 2 game. Mm-hmm. And I just remember being like, oh, I'm jumping on a building rooftop. That's pretty right. awesome. And uh, early in development, when they decided this isn't going to be a Tenchu game, do they want to stick with the, the Shinobi ninja perspective? And the answer was yes, because you can do a lot more things you have a lot yeah. more freedom samurais are a lot more grounded um so the idea of uh, it's a bloodborne dark souls game really messed me up when i first started because i tried to start playing it like that and that's dodging shielding up right and you really heavy defense you really don't hit very often right you, you, dark you souls, pick your you pick your shots dark uh, that's the thing dark souls and bloodborne's are two mentalities bloodborne's about aggression the game rewards aggression you get hit if you're aggressive you can get your health back and you can hit them uh dark souls is about playing defensively and choosing your moments but you're mostly defensive the shield combo and everything like that mm-hmm. um sekiro is about swordsmanship there's a system in the game. You can hit an enemy, and their health will go down traditionally. Like, mm-hmm. But there's something in the game called the posture system, and that's where this really starts separating itself from Dark Souls and Bloodborne. The more I hit an enemy, their posture goes down. doesn't necessarily okay. do damage, but their posture goes down. If I deflect an enemy attack, their posture goes down. If I do a counter, their posture goes down. Once their posture goes all the way down, they're open for a death blow. Okay. So the better swords. So it's like their their dedication to the correct art of swordsmanship is once you do it. It's almost like a stress level, like in in other games. Like there's a separate economy. There's health economy, and then there's like defense economy. Right. Okay. And that's the. And this is I call this is the posture. Okay. Where kind of combat you have to worry about health because your enemies can take off. You also have to worry about your posture. Okay. So your posture can go down too. So if you like unsuccessfully go after a hit and they dodge. Is that, like, negative to your posture? No. Okay. Uh, that is not negative to your posture. It does leave you open to be hit, ah, okay, which you're okay. very vulnerable to more than the enemy. Uh, very few enemy do you actually end up just whittling their health down. Uh, most of the fights I engage in are better ninja or better samurai. When you get into a flow and y'all are countering each other back and forth, dodging, left and right, it feels like one of the – it's probably one of the it's best sword play mechanics Parry, I've parry, seen. thrust, thrust. Well, that's yeah. And that's the thing. Yeah. And then there's other attacks like that can't be dodged unless you have certain skills or certain abilities or you know what to look for. Like, for instance, there's a sweep attack, and you can't block that. You're going to take a hit if you try to block it. But you can jump in the air and do a – double hit and mm-hmm. hit him in the air and it does a lot of posture damage to him. Right, okay. And then there's an ability where they do a thrust attack. Thrust attacks usually cannot be... It's weird. You can't hold dodge and block it. You have to 
perfectly counter it. Okay, it's a parry. It's like a parry. You have to perfectly yeah. parry it, or you can get a move where you dodge towards it and you actually step on their blade and again do a lot of posture. Oh, nice! But the timing for that is very tricky. Okay, so that's a risk reward thing. I'm really good at doing that. So enemies that tend to do that, I so beat them. I uh, I want to interrupt just for a moment. I love the way that you're describing this because it's going to come into play when we start talking a little bit later in the show about Google Stadia. Oh, really? I, yes. You don't even know what you're doing, and it's it's awesome, and I love oh, it. Oh, perfect. So keep going. Um, and then the, Just remember that timing is important right. and parrying and, like, this, this sort of, the, uh, what's it called, the counter, not a counterattack, but right. a counter, counter, I guess, is just the right way, and a counter, posture counter. I'd have to say, as far as Dark Souls and Bloodborne, it felt like your tools were a little bit more optional. Like, if you want to, I got through most of those games without really using any tools for okay. the most part. But your gear in this case is, like, incredibly important. Your gear important. in this case can save your butt in a big way. Awesome. I had a, uh, I'm not going to spoil anything, I had a, the second to last boss I faced, he took all day. Um, <laughs> uh, he was very like, tough. Yeah, you know, I skipped lunch to beat this guy. I'm very hungry, but I'm uh, I'm full of victory. I, I, I had caught. I, I mean, like he was. I got to. You ever have a boss where you get to but one more hit and it would do it, but then you get killed. Yeah, he did that to me, and I was oh ready to no. Throw the controller. <laughs> I uh, hate but, those. But I finally beat him, and I was very proud of oh, myself. Oh man! Uh, but, well, congratulations. Yeah, thank you, thank you. But using. I was like, okay, let me reanalyze and think about this. And I started looking at all the tools and everything I had. I'm like, okay, if I stands reason if I use this, this should protect me, right? And that's exactly the case. Awesome. He fights like a, he's a shinobi. You don't have to fight fair. Yep. And it, the game. Well, it's good that the game supports that. It's good that the game supports that. It encourages that. Yeah. If you're a big enemy, use a firecracker on him. Cheap. Be nice. cheap, man. At the end of the, the day, he's dead. You you're not. Cheap. You're not. You know. Right. Be if the enemy's big and slow, be faster. Yeah. It's kind of a uh, run away. If it's you kind can. of like the Sun Tzu, or actually uh, more apt would be the Book of Five Rings by Miyoto Musashi, mm-hmm. or something like that. Where if they're grounded, be water. You yeah. know, like that's his mentality. Um, so yeah, there. It's a. It's very much a game of I had to learn to start playing it how it should be played. Right. Uh, which was like, oh, he's... Release he, your preconceptions. <laughs> he's not a knight in Dark Souls. He's not a he's not a hunter in Bloodborne. Right. He's a shinobi. He's a ninja. He ain't supposed to fight fair. Right. And the more you can't fight fair, the better you'll do. Awesome. So don't feel bad about it. You're being a cheap jerk. Is uh, So would you recommend this game for someone who... Let's just say there's someone who's never played Dark Souls, Bloodborne, any of those types of games. Would you recommend this as a good introduction to that type of genre game, or you, you would you what? would I, you say go with a cheaper I, one? And I I would probably recommend this one actually because okay. it's almost a hindrance having played the other two because I go, really it's I go I when I at the beginning it started as a hindrance because my mentality was you had to like regear dodge yourself. hit dodge Estus flask. No, I'm going to die if I think I can just dodge and hit all day. I'll mm. be there all day, and the enemy will wear me down. Right. You'll make a mistake before they will. And and, and it'll cut off half my health. Right. No, I have to fight if I have to fight an enemy head on, which if I can help it, I'm not going to do. Um, I think this, because of the stealth element of the game, it helps curtail a little bit. Like, okay, I sucked at fighting these guys directly right now at the beginning. Using stealth might help me progress a little more. Okay. So your beginning progression won't be as tough. Nice. Um, and I think because I, I I can't remember the I, I've played I own all of those game all the Dark Souls games and mm-hmm. I think I own Bloodborne maybe I don't maybe I've just played it before yeah and they don't really feel like my types of games really um, yeah I don't I don't get an overwhelming 
Like, I don't get a dopamine drip from beating a hard enemy or anything. Oh, I, I do. When and, I, and oh, yeah. So I, I'm thinking maybe, you know, maybe I'll try this game and see if it's so similar that, you know, like it's because the other ones are, I would say they're rather formulaic. And I mean, in games yeah. in general, games in general are formulas, right? I mean, you, you every I, right. You, just, the, the goal of a developer is to create entertaining formula for you to play through mm-hmm. and make it spectacle, but also make it like kind of challenging. And then eventually, maybe you like figure out how to do it, and you do it, and it's good. Right. I never felt a lot of. I didn't get that dopamine drip. I guess I didn't get a hit of dopamine from playing those games and and beating because honestly, I had more of those like you described that I had more of those instances where I just was bad at the game or I wasn't playing yeah. the game well and um and as a result, I would I felt like I was gaining some ground and I just would I would lose very quickly and right. all and suddenly you know and that's uh, I'm I'm currently I'm playing near Automata and I feel like that kind of because I'm at a part of the game where it seems like every fight's a boss battle. Yeah. And I'm very tired by the time I get to the third or fourth iteration of that boss can, battle. Near Automata is a little bit you can grind a little bit more. Right. So I think I should have grinded earlier yeah. because now I'm in the I, I don't want to spoil anything, but I picked the game back up. It's like one of the best games of twenty seventeen. Like right. it's got a lot of really awesome reviews and everything. I picked the game up a while back and I mm-hmm. played three hours of it and then I didn't I, I, I tabled it. Um and now I'm back into it and I've got over twelve hours in the game, so I've played like significant amount and uh it's you know maybe it's just one of those things where I need to be in the right state of mind to play the game. It's not just like an arcade game I could pick up and you know well, waste ten minutes on. Well, that leads me to my only negative thing. What I'm is it? To say about Sekiro is a little bit of a grind with mm. some of the things uh, leveling up. So dying in Sekiro works a little differently than in Dark Souls. It's not picking up your souls or anything. Whatever you had is cut in half. Oh wow! Just your automatically, point, it's cut in half. Your um, wow! Your your XP is cut in half and everything. Your, your money is cut in half as well. Gosh. Uh, yeah, very punishing to die, uh-huh. but you do get to resurrect wherever you are. Okay. Um, you can resurrect wherever you were. Try again. Sometimes it might be better just to die. Sometimes, if you, especially if you're fighting a boss, because you, you just keep again. dwindling down, half, half, half. Well, half, right. When well, you, half your, quarter. You, you get know. a whenever you rest at a shrine, you get automatically get a resurrection. In order to use the other resurrection, you must you've got to resurrect, but it's locked off. You can't use it. If you die again, you're dead. You must perform a death blow on an enemy. And then you can oh, get that to like back. capture the like, almost like capturing the soul, like a I'm little, banking it, I'm right? Banking at the it now. Kind nice. of thing of like you must earn another resurrection. Okay, kind of thing. you can't just spam coming back over and over again. Yeah, that would kind of be broken. And I, I imagine that's like, like is there uh, what, what are the difficulty modes for this? Is it just like super difficulty, like the standard super there's, difficulty? There's some. There's of course as any from software again. There's some option to change difficulty if you're yeah. hoping that was a thing. There was a tweet about this guy that's like, "Where's the difficulty setting?" And, <laughs> and everyone was tweeting back like, "Oh, you poor sweet right. child." Yeah. Um, and he like gave, he traded it after like three hours. Yeah. Cause, well, I mean, those games aren't easy games. I no, mean, they're they're, not, they're not. not meant to be. You know, the, I I would say this. It's not like exclusively like elitist jerk sort of like games or yeah. whatever but it's very similar in that like the people that are good at those games they play games in a different way and those games really work for them mm-hmm. I can admit they, they, it's not a game that really works for me very much and you right. know unfortunately like I I don't know I don't know that I've looked at the Dark Souls games and goes man the story's awesome you know because oh, it's yeah. not really a story the story is much more cohesive in okay story. okay because see that yeah I it's care about that it's got the taste of vague to it oh, that's a okay. little bit but at least you know what like people's motivations are yeah and you're like oh okay he's trying to get this so he can resurrect himself and become immortal like okay I get it like I don't know how he can do that but I know why <laughs> I just admit I agree okay this right. is a cool thing I know every I know that everyone is doing this for a reason okay and which Dark Souls which I almost liked the fact that it was vague 
because I don't think that was the focus. It, no, of it absolutely the, of that game. wasn't. It absolutely wasn't. It was yeah. the Dark Souls genre defining gameplay. I mean, it was it was the this is a typical a difficult game. It almost like I feel like it was almost like a uh, like a college project, like a school project. Yeah. That someone was like, we know what we're gonna do. We're gonna make the like hardest, most difficult game, technical game that we can make, and we're gonna give it to all our classmates. We're gonna be really good at it, and they're gonna suck. Right. And I, we're gonna be awesome. We're gonna all the chicks. Right. <laughs> I think it's like looking at thinking of Dark Souls and some of the imagery I have is still kind of. Burnt into my brain of how beautiful it was it's kind of like having a picture in a museum and going okay explain the story behind it it's like does that really matter right now story doesn't matter in a piece of artwork like this yeah you just appreciate it for on its face and i think sekiro is a little bit more cohesive but it's a gorgeous game okay playing it on the xbox one x 4k 60 frames i'm guessing and six uh when I first started, I had to change my TV settings because I didn't know my. Got to go to game is. mode. Yeah, <laughs> got to go well, to that. No, I screwed up my TV settings because like it was like it was 4K, but like the framing wasn't right. Oh no! So like it was glitching. I'm like, why I was is like, this? Why are there black bars everywhere? Well, the game was like stuttering and stuff, and it's like, why is it doing this? I'm like, oh, because it's trying to expand a resolution. It can't. Right. Do it. And then once I did, it, I was like, no, that fixed it. I'm oh, like good. Maybe, now. maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> never should have gave me any yeah. of this technology. Oh, and upon replaying Sekiro, uh, I'm on New Game Plus now, uh, to beat. I, I thought I beat every optional boss. Turns out I didn't, but I'm not going to spoil anything for you guys. Um, <laughs> but I can say this. I started – I woke up at like 2 in the morning. Wow. So this is a game like instant replayability for you. Even though it's like me, there's, a, yes. there's a super grind to it immediately and you're like, well, I, now I, I'm going to jump back I was it. like, oh, man, that was tedious. Let's do Let's it again. Do it again. Yeah. I am already well past – I mean like I blitz. I am blitzing through this on New Game Plus because – I know, like, when I mean an enemy, I'm like, okay, I need to parry you, and I know, right. I know you, you already sort of know the mechanics, and I'm like, pop, 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 okay, go, like, like almost like speed running in New Game Plus, and, and that's the thing, it's like, it's it's kind of a speed run because I'm like, I don't need you, I don't need you, I don't need to waste my time with this, just I know where exactly where the shrine is, don't need to waste my time, so just trying to get you, you an enemy. You've effectively tabled Red Dead Online for now until they get their stuff together. I haven't touched Red Dead Online for a while, uh-huh. and I don't want to. Uh, because I want to I don't come want it, back. I don't with, want it to be in beta. <laughs> uh, well, I want it to come back to it when it's got a lot more stuff. Yeah. I don't want it matriculated like a like a like a dew drop every time. Oh yeah, because that, that's what it is. That's what it is. Oh, they did an update. What they do? Oh, uh, they added a horse. It's like, it's, oh, the yeah. tumbleweeds are more realistic now. Right. Ooh, let me tell you. Or, or they downgrade the uh, uh, ambient right, occlusion right. or something right. like that. Everything's a little more scratchy, and yeah. I don't know why. But um, there, there's a lot to the game, and uh, there's still some. There's a couple things tool-wise I still haven't unlocked, mm-hmm. so I'm working on that. And I'm at a boss area right now that, like, golly, I'm like, <laughs> I was like, I got here, I got there so fast, I was like, huh, okay. But uh, it does have one of my favorite uh, fights in it. Oh, yeah? For a boss fight, um, just is it, because is there a spoiler it, to that boss fight, or can uh, you? Well, I, I, I what, do, what do you like about warning. what do you like about it? I can give you a spoiler uh, spoiler warning for anybody who wants to play secure. This is a spoiler warning. Um, so there's a great ape, mm-hmm. uh, which is tra- in traditional Japanese imagery, an ape is is a big part of the baboon and everything. Right. Even in Dragon Ball Z, there's mm-hmm. a reason why. Uh, there's a great ape. He's about he's really tall, huge, kind of like a Dark Souls boss. Cool. He's got, you know, I go down there and he's got his little health bar thing and I go down there and I start whipping up on him. I'm like, okay, cool. I got this. <laughs> and, you know, I do my finishing death blow. I'm like, you know, whatever. Cut his head off. <laughs> right. You know? And then I'm like, he's like, it's a shinobi execution. I'm like, all right. And I start walking towards the thing and I hear, oh no. The dude picks up his own head in one hand and has the sword in the other. 
And he's like, a you were not finished sword. yet. And he's just like, what? And he does a terror attack that has an area of effect. Okay. And he got to run away from it. And I'm like, okay. Like, I'm like, <laughs> this did not this go happened, the way that I wanted it to I'm go. Like, and I'm like, I love this. Right. I'm like, he's, he's tough. And I, I eventually did beat him. And then. There's another thing where I went to go backtrack to look for all the prayer beads which you use to upgrade your vitality and your posture. And I'm looking around. And then I go down this thing. And guess who's there? Same ABI? Monkey friend. Still awesome. doesn't have his head. Okay. But and is he your uh, friend? He's not my friend. He's not your friend. Okay. He attacks me once more. He has two He has two health thingies. Like you got to do two death blows on him. And he's one you got to whittle away all his health before you can do anything. Okay. Um, the bigger guys are like that. And... I get one of his health things down. Uh, I'm like, yay, great. And then I hear, Err! and he calls down, and a second great ape oh, no. shows up. <laughs> and I'm holding the controller, and I pause it. I just go outside, I look around, I look at the trees, and I'm just right. like, what is You're my life? Right, you're just like, I, uh... But the fact that he's able to surprise me not once but twice—that's good. And every boss is good. Such I hate fun. predictable games. I, I when love games it. are when games are too predict not predictably bad. Like predictably mm-hmm. bad. Like if if you're rads like this and like Earth Defense Force is like this, where you know what you're in for. Yeah. But whenever you think that you know what's going on, and then they were able to do something that's not cheap and just like is able it's to really entertain surprising. you again, that's awesome. All right, good for you, man. So I, I dominated this conversation with CQ. no worries. Uh, uh, real quick, we'll cut to GDC after this. But I I started picking up Near Automata again. I'm about twelve hours in. I so it's no secret that Near Automata has a series of playthroughs. Uh-huh. Um, I think I'm almost to the end of the first playthrough because I accidentally looked at something online and there was a Reddit post and the guy was like, I'm near the end of the second because I was there was some flashing that was going yeah. on. Uh and it was uh some flashing flickering, uh rather flashing's a different thing. Um but in this game I'm open for anything because this game is a very I think we cut we talked about it, it's a very Japanese game. Oh yes. Very um, two very Japanese two, games. Two is very yes. Um but very, very different as well. Like Yeah, definitely not as I had a lot easier time with Nier yeah. than I did with Sekiro. Yeah, well Nier's more like a hack and slash, just pound all the buttons sort it's of It's Devil May Cry without the depth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Devil May Cry is deep. Well, so one thing I've noticed about Nier, and I'm, I'm still waiting to oh, be... Oh, awesome. Uh, also, Devil May Cry 5 came out, beat that too, playing on some of the Sparta mode, another great game. <laughs> some um, good games coming out of Japan this I, year, man. I, I noticed something that I'm still waiting for, like, the magic. Because I like the, the different modes that I go into, like the different perspectives in the game. That's yeah. really cool. But I'm wondering what everyone's love for this game was about. I'm trying to. I'm to trying to cosplays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I'm all about it. Like, cool, right? Like, Reddit's an interesting and great place. But I'm wondering from the game's perspective because I listened to uh, Kirk Hamilton and Jason Schreier on Kotaku on split screen, and I listened to the guys from Engage and Polygon, and I listened to them talk about um, or Game Informer and Polygon. Sorry, uh, and, and and they they had nothing but love for this game, and I'm wondering what. What was so good about the game? It's not that it isn't fun or anything. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's not that it isn't it. fun. It is a very fun game, but I'm looking at it, I'm going, you know, I. it's fun because it's weird, and it's fun because there are things that happen in this weird universe, this weird future universe, that or future timeline that like don't make any sense, and there's just oddities about it. I'm tr- having trouble remembering but I the don't, game. But I don't know why people loved it so much, because it's not like the gameplay is particularly groundbreaking, no, and it's, it's not like the graphics standard. are very good or anything. Like it's The, char- the character models are okay. The character models are beautiful, I guess. Like 2 is a very sexy android. Yeah, they're all very whatever. sexy androids for some reason, except the robots, which is weird. Yeah, um, they're goofy looking. I, I actually, ha- yeah, they're cartoony almost. And then uh, it's like if you only had, 
I got bored it's, of destroying it's, them. It's, it's that moment where like the guy from Apollo 13 throws down a bunch of garbage on a table and it's like, this is what we have to make a robot out of. Our boys are counting yeah, on us. Yeah, Go. Yeah. And you just make like coffee can looking robots. And that's yeah. all you that's all you can. Some have bigger arms, some have bigger legs, some have stupid looking And heads. then on the other side of the table was, all right, we got everything we want to make a robot. It's just the uniforms. Yeah, yeah. Uh, an old school closed down, so... Uh, yeah, we have these black and white, uh, you know, schoolgirl uniforms. And right. it's like, well, you know, and schoolboy uniforms, okay. They don't quit fight right, perfect. Right, right, yeah. right. They're, they're, you know, well, and my wife walks up behind me, she's like, what you playing? I was like, oh, this is game near Automata, and I'm running around, and like, you know, Tubi's butt's shaking around whenever yeah, her thighs yeah. are left and right, because she's doing that fast run thing. Yeah. She's like, wow, they don't really, uh, huh. It's uh, yeah. I like your outfit, you know, and she's like of, trying to say nice things about a lot it. Of fan I'm like, it's a very Japanese game, you know, but I'm I'm waiting for the thing that's really really good in the game. So that's kind of where I'm at. I did have to download a mod, uh, the far mod, and then a texture mod because there were some textures that were just horrible. There was in the a game. bunch of endings for it that everyone was talking about, and I'm like, I didn't care enough about the first one. Yeah, so like I have ending T and I have ending W. T is the one where you take out your OS module, and W is the one where you get destroyed when you very like start the game the very first time. Nice. And that's where I'm at. So yeah. we're going to cut two songs, come back, talk about GDC for a little bit. This is what we're going to talk about. Uh, GWEK Culture is Dead by Kirby Crackle and The Future Soon by Jonathan Colton. We'll catch you after the break. I'm MG. I'm Dustin. This is the Experience Points Radio Show. You're listening to it on Southeastern Zone. 90.9 KSLU. Welcome to Southeastern Zone, 90.9 FM, KSLU, still the Experience Points Radio Show. I am still MG. I'm dust. You just heard The Future Soon by Jonathan Colton and GWK Culture is Dead by Kirby Crackle. Let's Ooh! jump in. <laughs> oh, man, we were watching the Sekiro, like, where, how about where, in the, where is that in the game? Like, I'm not going to tell you. Oh, okay, so there's a, there's a point. You're not getting it. I there, want you to. There's a point in the game where this fly. Oh, I okay. want people not to know this. Okay, okay, It okay. makes me so happy. All right, well, we're going to jump into some GDC talk, specifically yes. about, uh, we're going to talk about Oculus, and then we're talk about google stadia so okay um you were waiting on getting an oculus rift i have i have yeah. a gen one or the first version of whatever the mm-hmm. oculus rift um the oculus rift s was both demoed and released or not released but um announced and uh, demoed at gdc 2019 okay cool. and there's a ton of people that have really high praises of it in that it's it's a good replacement for the current oculus rift so the current oculus rift will not lo- no longer be sold once they're um, once they're out of stock, right? Okay. Um, this is the full blown replacement of it, and the cool thing about this one is it does have uh, it doesn't have eye tracking necessarily. It's got uh, higher resolution lenses or higher resolution screens, not incredibly high resolution, but higher than the original. Right. And it does eliminate the external sensors. There are these um, sensors on the actual face piece, the, the head uh, mounted display, that uh, will recognize where the uh, controllers are the touch controllers, which are effectively the Oculus Quest touch controllers. Right. So they're different. Um, but you, well, they're Oculus t- uh, Quest touch controllers. So if you already have an Oculus Quest and you wanted an Oculus Rift S, you could use the same controllers. You just need a head mounted display. They have cameras and sensors on the side to detect where the controllers are. They have uh, sensors in the in the front to detect the room scale and on top of it to do room scale. So you don't need sensors for room scale anymore. Okay. Good. So you can just put this on, plug this in. Can calibrate it 
and you will have instant room scale out of the box room scales what they're calling it okay. um, which is really good it kind of bothers me because you know I, I wanted something I wanted the next version I wanted like a, a Vive Pro sort of experience yeah. this is sort of a half step but it's really good for people like you that haven't bought one yet and it's three ninety nine, and it's going to be released they say spring spring 2019 yeah okay well I'm probably so, which I kind of thought right now is spring 2019 but it's not out yet so uh, after I get my uh, I'm saving up to get a video camera for videography back work. when my check comes in I'm yep. going to have to get it Um. so I'm, I'm so Oculus Rift S spring 2019 looking real real good uh, it does uh, it has like some creature comforts like it's got like a headphone jack on the head mounted display because oh, nice. they did away with the integrated uh, headphones okay um, which there's nothing wrong with the integrated headphones but probably to keep price down they took those out and you can just wear whatever headset you want as long as it's got uh, a three and a quarter or three and a half millimeter uh, jack that which is fine for, that works for me yeah, yeah, yeah I mean you can use earbuds if you want yeah. uh, it's still tethered so you still have the tether going to the computer but you only need one USB port instead of three USB 3.0 ports oh goodness so okay. before yeah. it was like a, per each sensor uh, so if you wanted four, three sensors rather for room scale for good room scale you needed this four a, USB this sounds like a lot more accessible oh yeah yeah okay. um, and it's a little bit more direct too there's uh, there's some things that they do that, that give you a little more power on the head mounted display which is really really nice um there's two games that I was actually looking at as well before we talk about Stadia. Uh, one is a VR game. It's Autica by Harmonix, which is claim to fame was Rock Band, Guitar Hero, things right. like that. Um, it's effectively like what Beat Saber is. If you haven't played Beat Saber, look up Beat Saber because it's really, really good. They just dropped it's some DLC. It's really fun. Autica is another uh, rhythm-based music sort of game uh, where you shoot things in a sci-fi backdrop with a blaster while you're listening to techno rave Skrillex music. So um, it's really cool. The other one is Katana Zero, which is coming to Switch and PC April 18th. You're going to love this game. It's pixel art, goodness, neon, crazy, just awesome stuff. Uh, if you if you haven't looked at anything about Katana Zero, Google Katana Zero. It is looking really, really good. There's some rewindy elements to it. There's some drug elements to it. There's sort of like how Hotline Miami is a little bit, yeah. but uh, total side-scroller, yeah. um, which is really, really good. And I love pixel art games. Um, all right, we got a little bit time left in the show. I'm going to try to blitz through Google Stadia best I can. Right. So uh, that I we can... research on this one. Okay, okay This good. one I know about. This is not a console. Yeah. A lot of misinformation out there. IGN, there, there is no console in your living room. The only no. thing you have in your possession is either a Google Chromecast Ultra uh-huh. or a device that is running actual real Chrome. Right. Any Chrome browser will work, and Google Chromecast Ultra will work. Right. This is a streaming service, right, and there yeah. are some requirements. You need 228 Mbps. Yeah, so they recommend for something like uh, that's been built on Stadia for Stadia, like uh, I think Odyssey. Um, yeah. Ubisoft built Assassin's Creed Odyssey with Stadia in mind. No one knew until now, yeah. um, which is great because it, the gameplay is great as is through Uplay or Steam or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's built to support all of the Google Stadia sort of features, which we're going to get to in a minute. Mm-hmm. You need 25 megabits per second. They say you can do it on 20, but 25 is really the recommended. And 25 is not the standard necessarily, but it, it usually is like I've got six or I've got 50 or I've got 100 or 200 or a gig. Like those are like the tiers. So the goal of Stadia mm-hmm. is the data center is your platform. Right. Everything happens in Google's data centers. The same data centers that are running YouTube and all these other services, the same data centers are running your game. And with the Google Stadia controller, which is a custom controller they've made, but you can also use other controllers as well. But this controller will connect directly to your game session. Right. Your Chromecast Ultra will connect to the game session as well, or any of your Chromecast uh, Chrome devices will connect to the game session. The idea is that your game session lives in the cloud. Right. And the the only uh, and the issues of, of coming up with a, a digital streaming service like this is uh, there are a couple of factors you yep. have to take in mind. Uh, ISPs. Yep. 
your ISPs have to develop the infrastructure decent enough and have to be reliable enough for this to work. Yeah, they have to continuously give you a level of quality, that a level of service that, you know, because it, it matters all of a sudden if if you have latency. Yes. Like, if you, it doesn't matter if you have download speeds or upload speeds. If you have latency, latency. that's really going to matter because yes. the download and upload almost vanish. It, once you hit the cat, once you hit, you know, you have 50 megabit down. Okay, cool. You've got it. Yeah. You know, but latency is important. The other, the other issue then becomes uh, ISPs. And also it's very difficult to, you know, the military doesn't do streaming for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, there are, there's a hard disk for a reason Yep. because in order to get it to military bases and stuff like that, in order to ship it over there to overseas, you need to have physical copies yeah. and for them to buy because they don't often have reliable internet and, you know, wherever they're at. Um, it's one of those factors they have to keep in mind. Um, the other thing is it's, you know, how much growing pains are you going to be getting here? Because, I mean, people have tried this. It hasn't really taken quite off. Yeah, and... but so so I'm pro Stadia. I, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll say this. If I had to de- define where I'm at right now, I'm, I'm, I'm pro Stadia, but I'm pro Stadia against things like NVIDIA's grid system or right. whatever, uh, you know, PlayStation Now is sort of doing it where you stream things in. The, the difference is Google's infrastructure is unlike any infrastructure we've ever seen on the face of the planet. Right. We, they have a significantly more dedicated infrastructure to things like this. They've dedicated... Or they've they've developed in in partnership with AMD specific graphics cards that will deal with this very well. And something that people aren't really considering is that with Stadia tools sort of embedded in the game that you would play, yeah. you're not just taking a game, installing it off CD on the Google servers, and then it's just working. The game developers are supporting their game experiences for Stadia, which means that you aren't going to, you can't just plug and play things. You develop, and then you'll be able to play it because it's changing the way that the games are are sort of interacting with the system. So it kind of sounds like something that'll take a lot more development time. Oh, yeah. That costs money. Yeah. And that's and that's a well. There's there's a lot of really cool things like multi GPU support is something that they're allowing. Like you can have sessions that make use of multiple AMD graphics cards mm-hmm. or GPU cores, which for you and I or whatever we'd have to buy a second graphics card or yeah, whatever. Yeah, SLI bridge them. And then the game the game would have to support it. Right. Um, you can have the developer support it out of the box for Stadia. Yeah. Uh, and I say out of the box, but the box is the cloud. But out of the cloud uh, for Stadia, you'll be able to support these sort of experiences, right. which are really cool. But that's not even the coolest part. Like streaming your game is fine. I can do that with Parsec. That's not a big deal. The coolest thing is the social media integrations to YouTube. Um, For instance, if you're going to stream on YouTube or whatever, it will stream on the data center side, not on your side. Currently, if you're streaming, you are streaming from your location with your upload speed, speed, and that's impacting everything else, right? No, this one goes into their network and it streams it out It's at least a 40 gigabit backend, which directly connects all of the things. So from a technical side, side, it's a direct connection. It might as well be that you are playing it directly on a TV right next to the game console on your house, but there's no hardware at all on your side. And then Google's also becoming their own ISP with Google Fiber, which is hopefully that works out. Sanity. That's a... that's because actually one of the negatives I would say about this is that Google Fiber in, say, I think it was the Kentucky area uh-huh. uh, or Jersey or something, where they said, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to roll out fiber to this entire community. And the idea was they were going to cut these trenches in the uh-huh. sidewalks or in the streets, and then they were going to put the fiber in it, and they were going to overlay it with like two inches of asphalt or something. Right. Uh, it failed so horribly. It was awful. Um, there were, uh, they didn't go deep enough. 
they uh, the asphalt came out. There were exposed wires in some places, oh, and that starts to break into there's like a ring topology where you have everything connected in multiple redundant sort of locations. It started to just really, really, really mess up. They had a two year deployment plan, and midway through that two year deployment plan, they had to pull out, and they were just like, "Nope, it's a failure." Let's move wow. on to the next thing. So with, uh, one of the primary concerns about Google uh, Stadia is that, well, well, they're, they're new to this. Um, and yeah, they've got, the, they've got the commitment because they've changed how we do things with YouTube and they've embedded YouTube and a bunch of like different services right, yeah. with Stadia. But Google is pro-censorship. Uh, Google yeah. Google likes to organize and campaign in different ways. Uh, Google doesn't really, I mean, what happens whenever a game dies? How can you continue to play that game that you were liking to right. play on Stadia? Like Where does it go? It's not having on the network. Right. And, and they have to spin up sessions for that. Do they spin up fewer sessions or do they stop offering the game? What you paid yep. for it. You know, that's like whenever like Fallout 3 stopped working whenever I updated uh, because Game of, for Windows Live or whatever went away. Like, that's a problem, right? So there's that. There's game preservation mm-hmm. aspects of it. There's what do we do in places like Australia where, you know, we have like a sea, an undersea line to get all of our internet. Um, how can I control my bandwidth? Is that even something that I can control? Like, There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions. Now, I will this, say this. I, I did see the demo of Doom Eternal. And granted, it's Doom. It's not the most comprehensive demo ever. But uh, I got to say, it looked, it looked like it was playing well where it was developed with Stadia. If anything, this is going to push the market in that direction. And I think it has the great potential yes, to change Yes, what they showed things. probably worked really well. Well, yeah, but so they did it at GDC, and they didn't have any hardware there to speak of. It's not like they had a Google no. data center there. They were probably playing it, playing it off of a hotspot. To be honest, think about how much the saturation the GDC networks we'll had. We'll see when we multiply that by a few million people. It'll be, well, I would even say like a solid billion people, mm. like like worldwide. If they do it worldwide, let's see how that goes. Yeah, it'd be really interesting. I think there's some great potential there, but uh, there's a like, great potential for it to fail real hard, and too. And that's the thing. That's what I'm seeing is... This feels like this feels like a Fallout seventy six situation, and I maybe, oh I hope maybe not. I'm maybe I'm wrong. Where this feels like this feels like step twelve, and they're on step three. Yeah, and, yeah. No, you're not wrong. And that's the thing: the ISP infrastructure isn't built up for what you need it yet. I don't think you're not built up as an ISP for what you'd like. Um, just a lot more companies have to work on supporting this, and I don't know if it's worth the money to extend your production dates and to lose money. And it's going to be a very hard pitch to be in a boardroom going, all right, we want to develop for Stadia. Okay, well, how much longer will that take? Oh, well, Yeah, that's the thing. The okay, fact that Unreal partnered with it is interesting. Right. Well, that's you know an extra a month or two months of having to develop for it. What's that money for us? What's that money for? How much more copies do we sell? Yeah. Well, we don't. We'll sell a percentage of the streaming service of people using it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, we don't want to do that. There and are, I can there, see a lot there, of people There are some no. social aspects to embrace, but we have to embrace them. And that all comes back to availability. What's yeah. the availability? What's Google going to do? Now, they got, they got Phil Harrison, mm-hmm. who was on the Sony PlayStation development team and the Microsoft Xbox development team. He knows games. Right. So the fact that he's running it up, there is an amount of goodwill, I think, that they've bought with that person. Um, we'll see. Well, I mean, that's all, all we can say is game, we'll see. Say what you want about gamers. They are about performance. If it does not yes. perform, they will turn on you. You know what we quickly. really want as gamers? more mobile games oh yeah totally don't you have a phone thanks blizzard <laughs> oh god but you have a phone don't you also with the 28 mb thing i'm mm-hmm. doing my math in my head 
That's for that's for uh, 1080p at 60 frames a second. That's okay. So that's dude. and it can go for 4K at 60, and it can go up to in the future Wait, 8K. No, no, no. But <laughs> this is all the keynote. 8K uh, at 120 in the future. That's what they're banking with. Okay. Well, we'll see. My brain is going here in the south. Our ISP isn't quite as developed as up north. Mm-hmm. Um, that 30 that comes standard isn't always that 30. Yeah. It fluctuates. It'll and drop that can down. fluctuate between 30 and 20, bit, depending on peak times, as Charter yep. has often told me. I have Charter Business, so they never touch my stuff. Um, I could do it because I have Charter Business. I have 60. Um, but for the most part, you're going to get people who are having – I can see people trying to stream it and then – they're going to get fluctuations, right? Because it's going to start going down to twenty five. Well, the neat thing about that, back up to twenty eight. The neat thing about that, and then we have to kind of wrap up because we're we're done. You are but, right. But the neat thing about that is there's an adaptive sort of bitrate handling between you and Google. The cool mm-hmm. thing about your controller connecting directly to the game state, so it doesn't go through a box or anything. It goes mm-hmm. through your Wi-Fi and then through your internet into that. Okay. As long as you have an amount of internet that allows your controls to go through. It will stream the game back to you, and it will adapt the resolution and the quality so that it stays at a crisp bump rate of 60 frames per second or 30 frames per second and at a certain resolution so that you're controlling and you're seeing things in sync. Okay. But it may it may diminish the overall quality and fidelity yeah, based on the nuts. fluctuation. It would drive me nuts as well, but you'll, you'll still be able to play a game. It just may drop down to a little more blurry, or it may cut things off to lessen the strain on your yeah, internet. Yeah, the more I think about this thing, the more I think it's not for me quite yet. It, and it might not be for a lot of people. The hardcore gamers that love their computers are still going to have their computers and their game consoles and a disc and everything running locally. Google looking over my shoulder seeing I, I will say this, though. That is a barrier for entry for a lot of people. I could see people getting this, depending on the availability and the pricing, getting this because they want to be able to play games on the go and they want to play, be able to play games like Assassin's Creed on their phone or on their device without having an Xbox what or the, buying the games. What are, not to be whatever, what are the privacy policies of this thing? Are, are they going to be able to see what I'm doing in the game to calculate how much microtransactions I'm doing? Uh, I don't know. They're going to talk about. Know I know they're going to talk man. about it more in the summer, and they would not say if they're going to be at E three or not. But since PlayStation pulled out, it might be interesting if Google Stadia came in to fill that void. That's it something we'll have to we'll have to wait and see about that. Are they going to develop any first party stuff for it, or just be a, uh, a lot of second party stuff? They've partnered with a lot of people, and they have some first party things, but it's mainly like dev tools. It's like games that aren't really games for people; they're games for game for, for the developers to show off the the different technologies. Uh, I just don't see this working right now. We'll Sorry. see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Could, I could totally be wrong. We, uh, we're out of time. exppoints.com is the website. You can look us up on social media as well at exppoints.com slash social. Uh, check us out in news reviews. All our stuff's on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play Music Podcast as well. We're going to catch you next week, next Wednesday from 9 to 10 p.m. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, I'm MG. I'm Dustin. And this has been the Experience Points Radio Show on Southeastern Zone. 90.9 KSLU. No.